What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, June 9th, 2017, and you guys are listening to episode 310. That's right, guys, 310. I'm trying to get, I'm over a quarter, I don't know how long it would be to get to 1,000. Holy shit, getting to 1,000 podcasts would be unbelievable. Um, How the heck is everybody doing? I hope everybody had a... uh, a great time in between shows. Uh, I know I did, and uh, I've been running around, running around ragged people. Just uh, so much shit going on, so much traveling, family stuff, comedy shows, um, and I had a great time in Saratoga. We're going to talk about that. Just got a full pack show for you. Saw a movie that I'm going to review. Uh, a lot of sports to talk about. We're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors um, and the dismantling of the Cleveland Cavaliers, going to talk about the the resurgence of the Yankees and my interest back into baseball. My son is getting into it, so uh, we'll talk about that. Like I said, I'll talk about uh, recent shows that I've done, uh, shows that I'm going to be doing, and uh, of course, of course, my unacceptable and your guys' unacceptable. So this is a full packed TVE episode 310. Guys, sit back, relax, wherever you may be on this lovely this lovely early Friday, uh, you know, whether you're in your car, at your cubicle, at home on the treadmill, smoking a stick, which I have a great story about that. Some of you guys might have saw the post on um, on social media of the picture, and I'm not going to lie, it was an epic picture, an epic night, and uh, a pretty epic table. So... Um, I will be discussing that as well. But first, as always, everybody, the Verzi Effect Podcast has to shout out the sponsors. Verzi Effect Podcast is sponsored by, oh, and the new sponsor, the amazing sponsor, Chassis. Okay, now guys, I am not bullshitting when I tell you this, okay? Um, There have definitely been some products that I'm, you know, was excited about, okay? Um, But, and you know, I always say I want to, I want to uh, like the product and know the product before it sponsors my show, and I want it to make sense. It could not be better, okay? Uh, Chassis is a premium body powder for men uh, down there area, okay? It is uh, it is an unbelievable, like it's got this special hyper shield technology that just keeps you literally, it just you're dry all day from protection against sweat, chafing, odor. It's unbelievable. I use it every time I get out of the shower. Now when I get out of the shower and I dry off, I don't know what I would do without the chassis, uh, the chassis powder. That's how unbelievable it is. Chassis also contains no talc, aluminum, parabens, or uh, menthol. There's nothing bad in this thing. It is just uh, a powder, ultra-fine, uh, soft, and uh, powder that just is amazing. The one bottle of Chassis could last you up to three to four months, even if you use it every day. It is an unbelievable product, and I'm not trying to be funny. Just get ready for new balls. Seriously, like they could have named this if they if they wanted to be like childish and and they'd still if they they could have named this new balls. Like I am not kidding you. It is just an unbelievable. Put it this way, I used chassis the other day, I got out of the shower, dried off real good, put the powder down there, did all that. It starts getting hot and sunny, and I'm in jeans, dressed up, ready to go down to the city because I got to work, and I end up having a baseball catch with my son outside. And I notice that my brow and my head 
is sweaty a little bit. Plus, I have a shaved head, you know, down all the way low, shaved. And, uh, you know, so I start sweating. And I'm like, man, it's hot. Why am I in jeans having a catch? Oh, because I have to go to work. And then I realized, but why doesn't it feel like that? And I'm not even kidding you. I had dark jeans on, the sun beating on my dark jeans. I had fucking boxer briefs on. And it was as if I, I was just dry as, it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, people tell me they're already buying this product. It's an amazing product. Chassis premium body powder for men. Men care for down there. Please check out this product. It is awesome. You will thank me. Okay. And uh, they are changing the world. One fresh ball at a time, everybody. Okay. And uh, no, I'm not even kidding though. Chassis uh, premium powder. Please, you could buy it on, um, you could buy it at uh, chassisformen.com or um, go to Amazon. Okay, so please check that out. That is uh, Chassis for Men. That's C-H-A-S-S-I-S for Men.com or go to Amazon. Type that in and get yourself some Chassis Premium Body Powder. Men care for down there and you will absolutely thank me um, when you get that. Also, guys, City Living Dog and City Living Dog Services with Coach Mike out there in the New England area. You guys in that area, you're looking for a great dog trainer, please check out Coach Mike, City Living Dog. Check out all of his Facebook, his Instagram, his Twitter, his Facebook Live videos, his amazing YouTube channel. Just go to citylivingdog.com and check out Coach Mike, amazing dog trainer. He does amazing, amazing work. He's very patient. He knows the animal. It's an excellent, excellent uh, service. And All Things Comedy, guys. Go to All Things Comedy for your favorite podcasts, including the Verzi Effect and many, many other podcasts. Also, the amazing comedy albums that they offer on their All Things record label, which I'm happy to say that my album, yes, yours truly's, Paul Verzi United to Stand, number one on iTunes, number four on Billboard. Still getting, still getting people buying that thing. Still getting it. Go out and buy that because uh, you're going to want to have that after I drop my special, which is coming out. Can't can't let you know the date when it's dropping, but I can let you know when I'm recording. And I will be recording in New York, August 13th at the Terrytown Music Hall. Okay? So check that out. Uh, more details as more things go on, but that much I can give you guys. Um, and uh, check them out, allthingscomedy.com. Follow them on Twitter, at allthingscomedy.com. Comedy. Okay, everybody. Want to thank everybody who came out to the shows uh, in uh, Saratoga at the Saratoga Comedy Works. Um, had a great time. Uh, Saturday, decent crowds, everything. It's a really tough time up there. Friday, I had some light crowds. Uh, apparently, there was a, um, what was there? There was a big car show there, and it was graduation week or whatever. So, um, you know, but the crowds that did come on Friday, thank you guys so much. I had some diehard Verzi Effect fans there, diehards. I want to thank Ryan Moore, who came out multiple times to multiple shows, very supportive. And um, I also want to thank uh, Mike Martin and his lovely girl who came out. I want to thank Patrick Denig and his lovely wife, Valerie. I believe I'm saying that right. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, but I had diehards, man, people that listen to the show literally every week for you know, hundreds of episodes, and, uh, you know, they're just watching the show grow, they're watching me grow, and to hear them come out and tell me when they, you know, it's always cool when you go to a comedy show, and your fans like, oh, dude, I heard you, but some fans were funny, some fans are so overly honest, 
They're like, yeah, I saw you a couple, uh, saw you like a year ago or a year and a half ago, and you were funny, but this is just better. You're just, and I, I almost want to be like, like it's, it's funny. And they're like, no, no, no. And I, one guy goes, one guy was funny. He goes, yeah, man, I saw you like, I saw you like a year ago, and uh, I liked it better tonight. This was really good. And then he goes, wait a minute, that didn't sound right. You were funny before. And I'm like, I, and I just totally diffused it. I go, I know, man, it's better now. The hour's better. Like I was working. Because that's the thing that I think people don't understand about comedy. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think people understand that after you do an hour, you do, you know, you put out an album. Like I'm not going to old material. I mean, a little bit like at the beginning before it comes out or right when it comes out because people may want to hear that. But then you have to develop a new hour. And that first like four or five months or first even year, you're kind of playing with it. Then the second year, you kind of hone it and get it right. And then that's when you, you know, you put something out. That's why you should really put something out. Some people go way too quick and they put things out that aren't ready. So, uh, but it's just funny to hear like audience members have the honesty of like a little kid. You know, the way a little kid will go, how come you're fat with no hair and you walk like that? Like... My mom just said your sneakers are ugly. And you're just like, fucking, you know that shit happened because a five-year-old's not going to just say that. It's the same thing with audience members sometimes when they get excited or they're just like, yeah, I saw you last year and you were funny, but this was way better. That's them just going like, I didn't really like it that much last year. Now I like it. (laughs) Or maybe not. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh. But anyway, uh, thank all the fans for coming out. Uh, TVE listeners are my favorites. Because they know me. You guys know me. Um, Had a great time out there. Uh, Me and Marty Caproni, comedian Marty Caproni, who's actually the guest on my Patreon this week. And uh, I'm going out to Canada. And I'm going to have another Patreon. But I wanted to uh, get the one with Marty up. Marty uh, is a very funny comedian uh, in the New England, Boston area. Marty's open for Tracy Morgan. Um, he's opened up for Charlie Murphy. Rest his soul. We tell a good story. He tells a good story on the Patreon about Charlie Murphy. And he also helps run and put together Cabot Comedy Club in Massachusetts because he's trying to get a scene out there for up-and-comers. And he's just really, you know, doing the right thing out there. And um, so he was doing a show at this winery in Saratoga. And I was doing the comedy works. And we met up and we went to the winery for lunch. Like a couple of bitches. No. And we talked about it. And it was just great. Like we had some food. We sat out there. They have all this like big yard where you could play like beanbag toss or uh, I don't call it cornhole because that's just stupid. And that's, you know, cornhole. Yeah, I played some cornhole. No. Sounds like some kind of fucking sick orgy. Yeah. And a bunch of us, we had a big picnic and then we played cornhole. People are like, what, you started fucking each other in the ass? What kind of picnic? kind of sick picnic is that? <laughs> or awesome one. It depends however you look at it. You know? That would be funny if you just like some unsuspecting person had no idea what beanbag toss was or cornhole. And you were like, dude, we had the best time. We were out there grilling dogs, right? It was about, I don't know, six guys, six girls, whatever. Everybody's just hanging out. And, um, you know, before you know it, we're playing drinking games. And then things got crazy. And then who would have thought? But then we all just, you know... Got into this crazy, like, cornhole game. And, uh, you know, people were going nuts. <laughs> like, what the, f- what? And then you kept the story, what they thought. Yeah, yeah, we just started fucking each other. And yeah, it was, it was actually crazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't call it cornhole. It's beanbag toss, uh, you know, whatever. And they had this, I mean, we didn't do that, but you could have done that. They just had people, 
You get all these like wine tastings if you want. We didn't do that. I had a show Saturday. I tasted a couple of wines, but like I didn't drink, drink. Um, and had a good time in Saratoga. And then at night, went to the, um, or one of the nights, went to a casino there. But it's like the electronic casino. It's kind of like Empire City and Yonkers where, but I went to the roulette. And it has like the real roulette ball that goes around. But it's like in a dome. It's like glassed, which I don't know. It's kind of shady. But I ended up hitting a lot in a row. And I went up like, I think I went up like 200 something bucks. Uh, no big deal. You know, but it was still fucking cool. You know, 200 bucks is like, and then you're like, oh, but now I could turn 200. Let's make some real money. Maybe I'll turn 200 into 2000. And then I started giving it back. And I did something I never do at a casino or I rarely do. Actually, I shouldn't say it because I've done a big one with it once. I don't know if I ever told a story on TVE, but I'll tell you guys now because you deserve it. But I, um, I got down to 75 bucks. I'm like, you know, I'm not giving all the 200 back. I'm just going to feel good. And, uh, and take some money, but, uh, go back in time. I believe it was, I want to say, man, 90, probably 97, 97, 98, probably around there. Maybe summer. Yeah. Summer of 97 or 98, whatever it was. I went to Mohegan sun with a couple of my friends, my friend, Nick and my friend, Brian. And uh, my friend Nick was sitting next to me playing three-card poker, Mohegan's son. And we both kept getting a flush, which paid, I think, like six to one. And we kept getting it. And then my buddy Nick goes, all right, man, I'm going big. We keep getting something. I'm putting 50 on the hand. And I go, I'm with you. And then all of a sudden, I get the cards. And I look at the cards, and I see, uh, what was it? It was... Yes, it was Queen, King, Ace of Diamonds. I'll never forget. It was Queen, King, Ace of Diamonds. And I just looked at it and I put it down and I'm like, I got a flush again. And I'm going, oh shit. It's a straight flush, I think. And I look and it says 40 to 1. And I got $50 on it. Do the math. That's two grand. So then I look over at him. He's like, holy shit. So all of a sudden he puts it down. The whole table starts clapping. And I'm a kid. I'm, a fu- I'm like 18 years old. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm young. And, uh... I remember they just pushed $2,000 of chips to me, black chips. And you know what I did? I put my jacket on. I gave my buddy Nick $100 just for sitting next to me through that moment. I walked up to my buddy Brian. I gave him $100 for driving. Then I took $100 and I went to roulette. And then I cashed in $1,700. I put it in my wallet. And I um, lost the 100 with roulette. So I was done. I had $1,700 cash. I bought myself a Toyota Tracel. That's right. I bought myself a little four-speed stick shift Toyota Tracel. I got it. That car was great to me for some a couple years. I delivered pizzas in it, made money, and that was my casino experience. So I am disciplined when I win. When I'm losing, I'll keep taking money out because I think I'm going to get to the win. That's the problem. But I was disciplined with the money that I won. So there you go. There is a little uh, Paul Verzi casino gambling story. And uh, all right, so let's go. Let's go to uh, the next thing here, which I wanted to talk about, which is the Yankee game that I went to yesterday. Everybody. So the game was the game was awesome, but I gotta I gotta let you guys I gotta tell the story of this. So, um, 
We go to the uh, Yankee game yesterday. Now my neighbors are uh, my neighbors are awesome, and uh, there's a couple that you know we hang out with more than others. But you know, like everything, man, our neighbors were a young block of, of families, young, you know, and so it's just uh, you know couples at work and busy kids. It's hard. But one of my neighbors, Jeff, really cool dude, Jeff Bain, really cool guy. Uh, he um, Runs his own company, hard worker. He uh, puts in, he installs, you know, audio and, and theater stuff for, for people's homes. And stuff. So he, he does all that, you know, all that shit. And, um, you know, so like if you ever go to like a bar like Buffalo Wild Wings and you see like all of those things like wired up and all that stuff, like he does that for people's and people's homes and shit. And, uh, you know, he has uh, three kids. Uh, he's got two girls and a boy. So uh, the boy's into baseball and, uh, you know, with, with my son. So I said, look. I ran into them, and they're great. Like, everybody here looks out for each other. Like, if I have to go run, you know, or fly somewhere on short notice or something, like, neighbors look out. They'll be like, oh, you know, we'll watch your kids till after school till your wife gets home and all that stuff. So um, I went to go pick my kid up, my kids up, and uh, I was like, hey, man, you know, I was supposed to go to the game with my son on Sunday, but I got to go out to Canada so uh, I'm going to take him Thursday night against the Red Sox. Do you want to come? So he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come. And, you know, I'll bring, I'll bring my son. So he brings his son. And uh, we planned to drive down there. It was cool. We surprised the kids at school, picked them up a little early, went down super early. And uh, Jeff had this great idea. He's like, well, listen, since we're going to get down there early, let's go down to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx and get some real, like, amazing Italian sandwiches. Now, for the people in the East Coast and the people in New York, they know what Arthur Avenue is. For the people that don't, let me explain. It's basically um, old school shops in the Bronx that made the freshest, best Italian breads. You can get the cheeses. It's just old school Italian, like the best. Like if you get Arthur Avenue bread from the Bronx, it's just it'll make you fucking it's it'll make you cry. Okay, um, you go down there, you get the meats, you get prosciutto, you could get like, you just, it's the best, it's the best, all the super sod and the, and the gabagool, all the shit, right? Um, so I'm like, you know, that'd be great, you know, I haven't been down there and, and let's, let's go down there with the kids and, you know, even though the kids are still gonna get like fucking turkey on white or whatever, although his son got like a plate of prosciutto, which was amazing, and, uh, we go down there and we get this sandwich called the Paula Dean. All right, I know, I know she dropped the N-word and she's racist. I can't help, I can't fucking help what they put on the menu. So, me and Jeff were kind of looking at the same time. I was like, hey, dude, you see this Paula Dean?" And it was like, prosciutto, hot supersad, um, you know, red peppers, fresh mozzarella, the, the, the oil of vinegar, like all this. I mean, it just looked insane. So, like, yeah, so we get two Paula Deans. And I'm watching the bread and the carbs, so I took all the pretty much the bread off, and I just used a little bit on the bottom to hold to get to hold, and then I bit it like a bruschetta, and it was, I've never, I'm not even trying to over. It was like, it was like you know when you eat sushi and the salmon is so is so fresh and soft that you just it's almost like you didn't even bite anything. It just like it melts. It's just there. Like that's what like prosciutto, which bad prosciutto could be tough and shitty and stringy, and you got to pull it. This was just like biting into butter and every part of the meats and every part of the bread and the cheese was just so fresh and unbelievable. You're just like, what? It was insane. So we eat this amazing lunch 
and uh, and I got to make sure my, my registration, I got that screwed up, remember, and I did, still didn't get the sticker even though I paid for it, so we're kind of rushing to get out to the car um, because, of course, I'm going to drive to the game with, with a sticker like that, not even realize it. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll drive. Of course I'll drive. Yeah, I'll drive us all down illegally. Let's go. Everybody pack in. Let's go illegally. Maybe I have a couple of pops too before I go. I have alcohol on my breath and that. Let, let's do. Let's be that stupid. Like who does that? Who just drives and the, and your the the main registration sticker says yeah five seventeen. This thing is this thing uh, you know expires and and we're already almost halfway through June. So uh, Jeff was actually more concerned about it than I was. He's freaking me out. I'm like yeah you know what? Let, let's go let's go over there. So uh, we get to the car. We eat. We park. And we go into the game, you know, the kids want this and the kids want that. Or, you know, my son was, you know, wanted to, to get some stuff, which was so cool. We got there a little early. And uh, so we're sitting down and we get to our seats and we're watching the game. And there's this one drunk dude. So we're like eight rows back from the balcony, from like the, the railing that you just look right there. And, the, um, and there's this guy down there, right? And just maybe like in the second inning, he just goes... He just stands up. I don't know. He just goes, let's go, Yankees, right? He just starts pointing. And then, like, all of a sudden, people start going. So the little kids, my son and Jeff's son, get excited. You know, they, they, they see an older guy doing it. And they're like, wow, that older guy's acting kind of funny. Guy was hammered. Guy was like, and as the game went on, his eyes were like, the guy was hammered, right? So all of a sudden, he goes, let's go, Yankees. He starts pointing at the kids. Right, and he's—it looks like he's dipping because like the bottom of his lip is out a little bit. He's like pointing, and he's just—but he's out of it. He was almost like a cartoon character or like a drunk wrestler. And then all of a sudden, he'll just—he just is like, "Fuck the Red Sox!" And he just starts giving the middle finger to these two Red Sox fans that were like, two, like right in front of his face. And now the kids are like, our kids are like blushing, going like, "Oh my God! Do you hear what that guy's? You see what that guy's doing?" That guy, and we're like, yeah, that's not cool, though. You know, that's not cool. You don't do that. You know, you, do, you don't do that, and that's not right. So they're, like, enamored by this guy. This guy's hammered. And this guy loves that these two little kids are, like, following his chant. He's pointing at him and stuff. And I'm telling my son, I'm like, you don't ever do that. Like, and like, oh, my God, Daddy, he's giving the middle finger to Red Sox fans. But they're kind of laughing, and they're kids. And I'm like, that's not what you do. That's not what you do, right? So then uh, there was this one guy behind us, right? And uh, he's in like a suit. This guy was in a suit. Like the guy actually dressed nice. It looked like he came off his, you know, cushy job on Wall Street. Guy was buttoned up nice. And it just out of nowhere, he would be like, Yank, uh, he'd be like, Red Sox. No, Boston sucks. Boston sucks. So Jeff went up to the bathroom and I'm just sitting there. And as soon as the guy does it, the kids are like, Boston sucks. And I'm like, no, 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 guys, guys, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. I want to talk. I'm not one of those guys. That, like, I'm not going to talk to Jeff's. I'm not going to do that. You know, like, I'm not going to be like, or I would just be like, oh, come on, you might not want to do that. I don't think, you know, but I, I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to do that. And Jeff's cool. If I, if I would have said, hey, man, I told I told him to not do it, he would be like, yeah, but, I, you know, just, you have respect, you know. So kind of just telling my son too. You know, and both are can hear me. I'm going, guys, don't you don't need to do that. Like you don't need to do that. But this guy in a suit. So imagine if you're a what? 11, 10, 11, 12 year old kid, eight year old kid, whatever it is. And you're sitting there, especially my son, who's younger than Jeff's son, eight years old. And you turn around and you see a guy dressed in a suit. To you, that looks like, you know, when do you when, when do little kids see unless their dad goes down to something like that? It's usually formal things. 
you know, down to like the city or down to, you know, people that have to be like, you know, in a, in a job that has a suit every single day. But when you see somebody in a suit as an eight-year-old, you're like, this guy, in your mind, you're thinking this guy's got his shit together. You know, when I was eight, suit means money. This guy's doing good when you're eight. And this guy's just going, Boston sucks. Boston sucks, right? So I'm going, guys, stop. Like, come on. I'm like, Lucas. I'm like, Lucas, you don't have to do it. Just watch the game, buddy. Just watch the game. So Jeff comes back, and Jeff, he, the guy just starts going, Boston sucks. And both kids, my son, has, Boston sucks. So Jeff's like, hey, 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 you're not doing that. And then Jeff starts telling his son, and, I, and I'm telling Lucas, you guys don't have to do it. You guys don't have to do it. So then they finally, then they, they finally calm down. And we're, you know, we're sitting like, man, it's kind of tough, like parenting at a game. And, you know, we're having a great time, you know, uh, and we're laughing and stuff. And we were enjoying the game. Yankees were beating the shit, uh, beating the shit out of the Red Sox. So it's all good. Then the other, <laughs> the other guy down there stands up and goes, he's like, let's go Yankees. He just starts pointing at the kids and he starts pointing and all the kids are all excited again that this guy's up and now he's like he's, we thought he's going to fall over the railing he's swaying back and forth he's just he's just I don't know how he held it together like he held it together the whole game but I don't know he was just absolutely hammered and then he would just like look and he looked and he started giving the finger he started giving the finger to Red Sox fans again and then um I guess the the kid start like he would do this thing where he put his finger up his nose, but it was his middle finger to show that yeah I'm just picking my nose, but I'm giving you the finger. So uh, the kids tried to mimic it, and and then he was like no 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 don't do that don't do that even from far, which was really funny. So the kids are holding it together, and then uh, <laughs> it just, the guy behind us in the suit out of nowhere just goes Boston sucks right. So, so me and Jeff just start laughing and we're like, all right, this is coming from all angles. It is so hard to tell a kid. Like these kids are so, our kids are excited. You know, they got their baseball mitts at the game. They're hoping for a foul ball. Then we had this game where we all pick, you know, a game, a tradition I always do when I go to Yankee Stadium is everybody, you know, everybody, um, you know, picks who's going to get a home run. You know, so you, everybody just goes, who's going to get a home run? And then whoever gets a home run wins the, wins that day. And it's fun. You know, so every time our, our guy would get up, we'd be waiting, we'd be waiting. So um, we're just, you know, just every, we're just having a good time. We're trying to pay attention to everything. And these kids just are in the environment. But this guy is going, Boston sucks. And he's going, you kids could do it. Go ahead. And we're like, no, 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 no. You know, and then he kind of got the point. We didn't want him to do it. So the kids know, and the kids are trying to, like, restrain themselves. So finally, the pitcher of the Red Sox hits Matt Holliday, Yankee batter in the back, hard. And the whole, and Aaron Judge on the Yankees, he's walking to second because he was on first. And he's, I guess, Jeff knows. He goes, wow, look, he's staring at him. And, like, I looked up, and, like, halfway, three-quarters away, he's still staring at him as he walks to second. And the whole stadium is booing. Sold out. It's 46,000, whatever. And the whole stadium's booing the, the pitcher, booing the Red Sox. Boo, right? So everyone's booing, booing. And we, we just got done telling the kids to calm down. And everyone's going, boo, Red Sox. And then all of a sudden, the whole entire stadium starts going, Boston sucks. Boston sucks. 
and the kids just looked at us like, come on, man, you got to let. And they're like, all right, Jeff's like, yeah, yeah, all right, go ahead. And we're like, yeah, go ahead. And the kids are just like, and we're like, you can't even fight it. And we just started laughing. It's like, how am I going to tell my kid not to chant Boston sucks when 46,000 fans are chanting it after a batter got hit? Oh, my God, so fun, so funny. Yankees won 9-1. to one. No traffic on the way home, which was awesome. And I, we parked in this parking lot, which I think I want to keep parking in, which is right next to gate four. And right when you get out of it, you're like on the Deegan. Like literally, like you're right, like you get out and you make a left, you're on the Deegan. So anyway, it was a great time. So funny. And just watching grown adults, you know, turn it into the WWE at, at some points. But I will say this, the Red Sox were dicks, man. The Red Sox were dicks. Because we got there like 5.30 and there was like, you know, they were doing batting practice and they're out there in the outfield and there was like multiple baseballs being hit into the wall and on the floor and the guy could have ran and the guy would just like, there'd be like three balls and kids are just, oh, please right here, please right here. And that guy's just ignoring. The guy was just ignoring and being a dick. And it made me almost pissed that I was nice enough to take that tour at Fenway and they had those three World Series championships. Oh, I'm always going to be upset with myself for it. They had the three World Series championships, and there were three of us. It's like, oh, we'll take a picture. And luckily, when they handed it, I, they handed me the one when the Yankees didn't make the playoffs. So it wasn't like when they came back on us. I would have never held that one. I think Burr held that one. And then somebody else uh, held another one. And then I was just like holding this fucking World Series trophy that they got in a meaningless year for the Yankees. So it didn't matter. It was when like the Yankees weren't winning or whatever. And I'm just holding it. And I told Bell, go, do it a race. He's like, yeah, I'm pretty surprised. I'm like, just a race. I want to be nice. You know, like they, they invite Fenway Park invited us in with open arms and they let us go on the field and they let us do all this and that. And and I'm just like, I wouldn't want to be rude and be like, oh, fuck that. I'm not holding that shit. So I just held it and I took this picture. I'm like, take get rid of it. Um, but they were dicks to the kids. And I would tell you, I love watching the Yankees beat up on the Red Sox. There's a few things that I love in sports, even though I, I'm not that much into baseball anymore. But now this young Yankee team is awesome. I'll, I'll talk about that more with the sports. But that that was just... So much fun. Here's my unacceptable. Adults bringing baseball gloves to the game when they're not with their kids. All right? Grow up. Seriously. Grow the... What are you doing? Look, don't get me wrong. If it's a cool thing and you're with your son or your daughter, like, oh, daddy, we might get a a, a foul ball. Or we may catch a home run. So let's all bring our mitts. Wouldn't that be great? It's like, yeah, you do it as a family. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like the 45-year-old dude who goes in with a buddy and they're such baseball nerds that they have their gloves in like when they were little kids. It's like, come on, man. You got to barehand it. Once you get to past 30 years old, you got to just go, listen, I'm barehanding it or breaking something. I'm not, you know, I'm not going, am I going to pack a uniform and go into this fucking game? It's over. I mean, it's over. You do it for the kids. What are you doing? You know, and, and like there are people, listen, there are adults that go to Disney World. I know people that like adults, full-fledged, 40s, in their 40s, no kids at all, go stay at resorts, go wait, you know, take pictures with the characters and do all that, they do it every, I mean, you know, at some point you got to let go, that's all I'm saying, at some point it's over, like at what point do you look at yourself and be like, look man, you know, Spider-Man's not real and and I'm not going to a a movie in a Spider-Man costume, like I'm just going to sit down and enjoy it, probably get some candy, maybe a drink, I'm going to enjoy the thing, I'm not going to, I'm not, not dressing up, you know. And I get it. Some of you people are like, why, Paul, it's part of experience. Can't, I'm still a big kid. And it's like, you're not You're not a big kid. You're actually an adult. You're a grown adult. Like, thinking back now, even if my dad, if I think about now, even if my dad 
took it was just so funny picture of my dad because my dad's like a De Niro type, you know, rings and fucking chains and the you know silk button down shirts open, just such a flashy Italian thing that I could never picture my dad wearing a Spider Man costume. It'd be probably the funniest thing. Do you imagine just a fucking Italian guy like that? Just like the hair is done so right that like the, it wouldn't even like the, the costume wouldn't even put the hair down. They have like a fucking. <laughs> You'd see the mold of their hair underneath the top of the hood. But like, yeah, I just saw these people and I'm like, listen, man, like, first of all, and what are you bringing a glove for in the upper deck? You know, you're going to need, like, <laughs> first of all, you're so, uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. That That's, I think some people, listen, I get it. You do it with the kids. It's fun. At some point though, you got to put the mid away if you're a grown man. That's all. Unacceptable. All right, let's get to your guys' unacceptables here. Uh, unacceptables for this week are, um, ah, computers, isn't it nice, I cleaned out my computer, isn't it nice when it just goes faster, all right, let's see what this is here, okay, first one here is from Evan Casimir, or Casimir, uh, Yankee legend seats. Here we go. What's going on, Paulie Walnuts? This is a rant that really only New York sports fans can really appreciate, but I'm going to break it down for everybody. I'm sure you've heard about the legend seats at Yankee Stadium if you haven't sat in them already. But for everybody that doesn't know, it's those seats. Yeah, they got the food and everything. It's those seats right behind home plate that basically are uh, a tenth filled every single time you turn on a Yankee game. I swear to God, if you covered up... (laughs) <laughs> the jerseys, you'd swear you were watching a high school baseball game. That's how empty it looks on TV. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's empty, A, because the seats are so expensive and all those corporations, sometimes they don't show up, and B, they're serving like, you know, prime rib and shit in there. All right, here we go. Now, the amount of uh, scratch, <laughs> the amount of scratch is so funny. I love, I love when people use the fucking terminology uh, for money, scratch. Scratch is hilarious. There was actually, I don't mean to, uh, I'll get to the story. I'll get to the, the, (laughs) I'll get back to this in a second. But uh, I was watching this, I was listening to this uh, Jerky Boys. And uh, he was the Jerky Boys. If you ever do yourself a favor, just YouTube Jerky Boys uh, car salesman. And I don't know why I just cry laughing with this one because it's free people obviously if you don't know the jerky boys they were just like one of the greatest they were like the jordan of like prank phone calls in the 80s and 90s and uh or the 90s early night whatever 90s probably but uh and he was just like yeah paul i'm looking for paul the guy he's like yeah i want to sell a car you got a tank i'll sell the fucking thing and he goes listen he goes you know i had some problems up there upstate so i need you know i'll come down there and sell some cars and he's like you know i got a little aggressive though paul he goes uh he goes, got a little aggressive. You know, I grabbed this guy, put his fucking head in the hood. I said, you you buy this fucking car. <laughs> you know, the guy's like, ah, oh, we don't do business that way. He goes, ah, you know, he goes, I need dough like anybody. And I just started laughing. Uh, I digress. I'm sorry. Here we go. Back to this. Uh, I'm sorry, Evan. I just, I just, when you said scratch, I fucking love it. Now, the amount of scratch it takes to sit in one of these, uh, what's it called? In one of these uh, lucrative seats. <coughs> <coughs> lucrative, excuse me, Jesus, <coughs> lucrative seats is no less than a few months rent, <coughs> Jesus, for most people in this country, we're talking like a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks a seat, 
Now, I'm just a simple dude in my 20 who loves nothing more than scoping out the game from the bleachers, getting beer and peanuts spilled all over me for no reason, taunting some drunk asshole who got tossed, uh, throwing back a few cold ones, and obviously screaming at the opposing players uh, until I can't physically yell anymore. A true baseball experience. But at the same time, when the opportunity presents itself to watch a game with uh, New York's elite, I'm certainly not going to pass up the opportunity. That is what happened this past Wednesday. Yankees were playing the Red Sox, and my buddy had two extra tickets for me and my girlfriend to uh, sit in one of those golden seats. Yep, I was there the day after you, uh, yesterday. So this is uh, nice. This is a good. We just talked about baseball, and now now we gotta. I'm telling you guys, I never work it out this way. I know some of you guys like bullshit. There's always the same thing. I promise you, not once. Uh, what I saw when I got to the stadium was nothing short of disgusting. You walk in this grand ballroom, which is filled with food and booze. Sounds great, but not ballpark food, Paul. I'm talking, there was a goddamn station serving fucking emu. Emu, emu man. Emu. Like, I want to eat a goddamn Australian ostrich at a baseball game. Get the fuck out of here. It doesn't end there. The room was fucking packed. Everyone was at a table, uh... Uh, conversing. Kids were running around on their cell phones. I swear to God, if there wasn't Yankee shit plastered everywhere, you would think you were at some sort of wedding or bar mitzvah. Finally, I walk out to my seats. The game is about to begin, and I shit you not, we were uh, one group, maybe out of five in their entire section. Wow, really? Uh You'd be hard-pressed to find a lesser amount of people at the start of a goddamn WNBA game, let alone Yankees versus fucking Red Sox. Basically, sports history, uh, yes, it is. It is the premier rivalry. Sports history's premier rivalry. Uh, it pretty much stayed that way the entire game. I walked inside to go to the bathroom in the fourth inning. It was no less crowded inside uh, that when I, well, yeah, because everybody that, uh, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, that when I got, when I had gotten there, okay, no one seemed to give two shits that uh, there was a game happening. It was disgraceful. These people who go to Yankee games and sit uh, below uh, below deck uh, and don't even watch the game should be banned from every goddamn sporting event for life. Yeah, you're right. Yes, you're absolutely right. And and you know what did I think it is too, man. I think that uh, I think that people just it's so enamored with being there and the food and just the elite shit and you know talking that it's really not about baseball anymore. Um, is an effort for every Yankee fan uh, that would fucking kill at an opportunity to be twenty feet away from Aaron Judge and get to see uh, a perennial MVP play ball. Lock these fair-weather fans in a cage and pelt their asses with peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Great unacceptable. Great way to start, Evan. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Listen, this is what I like to do, okay? I like to, if I do have those seats, I get there early, and I just want to make sure that I'm not going to get up and keep eating or have to go get something to eat because I don't want to miss the game. So what I would do is I would go, I'd, you know, Get a little plate of food, eat my food before the game starts. Make sure that I filled my drink of whatever I whatever beverage I was drinking, 
and then I would go there. And then maybe, again, if I got hungry, like, sixth or seventh inning, I just wanted a quick snack, you know. I mean, the drinks, I'm probably going to keep getting drinks because, you know, but that's quick. You get up, you, you get a drink in between innings. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. And um, I just think that, you know, the fact that those seats are empty, yet you're serving fucking ostrich is is ridiculous because, you know, I just feel that it's it's like... Go in there. I get it. Fine. You want to have some like a little better than regular stadium food in there. You want to have some steaks or maybe some, you know, some carved chicken or something like that. Fine. But the fact that like if I was them, you know, I would cut it off a little bit and make those people, you know, especially like you said, you turn on the Yes Network, you watch a Yankee game. Even if everyone else is sitting in their seats, those seats over there just aren't, aren't really... They're just not really filled ever, and it looks shitty on TV. I couldn't agree with you more. Excellent, unacceptable. Great way to start. Thank you so much. Uh, here we go. Um, hey, Paul. It's from uh, Blair. Radio unacceptable. Hi, Paul. Here's another quick one. The fact that uh, I haven't heard you yet on the Jim and Sam show is unacceptable. I remember you did Opie and Jim, and it was great. Yeah, you know what, man? There's just so many shows right now. It's not really for any reason. It's just like there's so many shows. You know, there's, uh, you know, I I did Anthony Cumia a couple times. You know, just, you know, when you have your own podcast too, like I'm trying to, I want my podcast to be the show people really hear me on, but I get it. You know, you listen to other ones and, you know, I go on Bobby's podcast and I do this and I do that. So, you know, but there's so many radio shows now. Who knows? You know, Anthony's got a radio show. Opie does his show. Um, this show you're talking about here. So, you know, hopefully uh, you'll be hearing me on stuff, though, uh, soon. And uh, thank you for caring, Blair. I appreciate it. Go Giants is right. Go Giants is right. Um, you are very welcome for the podcast. And thank you so much for uh, for supporting me. Two quick ones from Ryan. Number one, not to get political, but it's unacceptable seeing that old hag Hillary Clinton still surfacing and making every excuse under the sun as to why she lost. It was everybody's fault but her own. I'm no Trump guy, but this is just getting pathetic now. Not to mention she has the pers- uh, personality <laughs> of sheetrock. I guess uh, Stronger Together wasn't enough to offset her career as a corrupt criminal. Literally lock her in a cage for the long list of criminal offenses she's gotten away with as an elite Washington insider. Number two, two of my friends drinking an 18-pack on the train to New York City and leaving every single empty can on the floor for the train staff to clean up. Fucking drunk animals. Lock them up in a recycling plant and make them sort bottles from cans for, for an eternity. Cage me up, too, for drinking one of their beers and adding to the pile because there was already 17 beers on the floor. Well, yes, you and your friends are fucking animals, Ryan. No, uh, look, I get it. You're drinking. You're having a good time. I would have just maybe had a plastic bag or brought something to just fucking clean up. So, yes, you're right for calling you and your friends out on that. As far as your first one, um, you know, to be honest with you, man, I haven't even been paying attention to anything political, and it's been amazing. It really has. Like, it's been, it's just been awesome to not have to worry about it. It's like this freedom I have now. I just don't worry about politics anymore. I don't care. There's nothing you could do. It is literally the same broken record. It's the same thing, okay? I'm telling you guys this right now. You could hit fast forward. 
Hit fast forward on your life right now if you were able to just jump eight years from now or 12 years from now. Okay, so however you old, ever old you are right now, go 12 years ahead. Okay, you're 20, you jump to 32 and you will be at a party and you will be hearing the same thing. Yeah, I remember. And that, well, you know, the, the disaster with Trump when Trump was in there for four to eight years. Or, remember that thing? Well, now this guy wants to do this. You know, it's never going to, it is just honestly, the best thing I could say is just save yourself the grief. You know, throw the bean bag, you know, drink some beers, have a nice 4th of July party, love your family, you know, don't take what you got for granted, you know, and do all that shit instead of worrying about this shit. But, uh, yeah, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton, they're going to just keep saying stuff. And the more stuff that's going on with Trump, the better it looks. And they're all going to say stuff, uh, you know, I'll tell you one thing that I did find a little unacceptable was, you know, um, Kathy Griffin just like crying like a baby. And the only reason why I say that is because there's video of her doing that shoot, lifting Trump's bloody fucking head, which is still ridiculous. The fact that ISIS is fucking killing reporters, you know, reporters are getting their fucking heads cut off. You know what I mean? And, uh, and that's the thing. And the, and the left side acts like, ah, the left side acts like, no, whatever, you know, have Dennis Miller lift up fucking Obama's severed head with blood. Have a conservative comedian do that and lift it. You know what? It would fucking blasphemy. Blasphemy. You never heard from that fucking guy again. All right? So, but what makes me upset about Kathy Griffin is that there's video of her at the shoot doing it and she's looking at the editor going, oh my God, when this comes out, we're dead. Like, I'm over. I'm over. We're dead. And then it happens and now she's crying. Fuck you. I said on stage the other night, I'd rather fuck Donald Trump than Kathy Griffin because at least he's got an ass. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying about that. Uh, moving on. Thank you so much for the submission. Uh, here we go. Quick unacceptable from Kaylee. Kaylee says, Hey Paul, here's a quick unacceptable. When serious radio in my case or another, uh, call center calls, uh, and from a local area code too, they tricked me. I screened my calls for this reason. And the person on the other end, I can't even understand then I proceed to tell them I can't talk them at work. She then said, oh, okay, I'll be sure to make this quick. No, bitch, I can't, <laughs> I can't talk. <coughs> to me, that's unacceptable. So I did what I always do. I hung up. Thank you, Kaylee. Yeah, that's the worst. That's the worst. Now I don't even want to, like, I feel bad when they just, like, assume. Like, I feel like if you're going to, like, I remember when I sold phone cable internet. If I call somebody, they didn't want me to call them. I would just be like, uh... Hey, you know, this is a cable company. We did work in your area. I just want to let you know about things. And then if they're like, no, fine. But like what these people do, like they assume it now. So they're like, hey, just want to let you know a small business loan. And you're like, yeah, I can't. I'm not. But the fact that you told them that you're done. I can't. I'm at work. And they're like, oh, I'll make it quick. It's like, no, you're not going to make it quick. I'm done. I'm at work. You know, what they should say is, I'm so sorry to bother you. Whatever. Uh, You know, call back if you're interested. Here we go. Thank you for the submission, Kaylee. Uh, that MMA movie from Jason. Dear Paul, more a question than an unacceptable. A while back, you talked about doing a movie where you portrayed a fighter. What was the movie name? If it's out, where could we find it? If not, when do you think it might be out? Oh, yes. Uh, that was House Rules. And uh, yes, I'm, I'm thinking it might be coming on Netflix soon, to be honest. Um, I don't know Amazon Prime, Netflix, or Hulu, but one of those I believe the movie will be on. And, uh, yes, I play an MMA, an MMA fighter. You'll see me, uh, probably like the first quarter of the movie had some cool scenes. And, uh, I think they were, 
working on um, where it was going to be distributed, if it was going to go to Netflix or something else. But I think it's being, uh, I think it's being worked on. So I will uh, let you guys know when I hear or find out. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, uh, Ryan. Another Ryan. This one's Ryan Moore who came out to the show in Saratoga. Thank you, Ryan. Unacceptable for the week. People slash coworkers getting over cold and flus and come to work still sick, yet claim they're no longer contagious. They're not a fucking doctor. How the hell do you know you're not contagious anymore? Get the fuck out of here. Unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's like, you're like, no, nah, I was sick two days ago. I'm coughing. No, nah, it's a little, I still got a little tickle back there, but I'm good. I'm good. Next thing you know, you're fucking sick as a dog. Um, here we go. This one is from Adrian. Family Ties Part 2. Hey, Paul. First, I want to address the wives or people who think that you complain when you do your unacceptables. If they can't read or comprehend English or simply understand the general rules of language and reading, uh, then I understand. But the title of the segment is called Unacceptables, Bitch, to the complainer, not you, Paul. What the fuck do you think is going to happen with this segment? There are things that people do that others simply cannot accept in life. Examples, chew or breathe with your mouth open, sneeze without covering their mouth, listening to country music. <laughs> <laughs> listening to country music. These are just examples of what is unacceptable. And if you can't understand it, don't listen, period. Okay, I'm done with that. Well, yeah, this is my thing. The people that say, and they have been a handful of people that are like, yeah, you know, your podcast is good, but like, you know, my friend says that you're just complaining. It's like, you just made a really good point. I'm glad you said it. It's an unacceptable segment. It's supposed to be complaining. I do a segment on my show called Unacceptable. How am I going to be fucking happy about it? Right? Aren't I happy and positive through the other things? I mean, yeah, sometimes I rant, but when I see shit I don't like, I get mad. It's like, that's that's the thing. See, now you got me all riled up, Adrian. Now I'm actually mad at fans. Now I'm mad at fucking, yeah. So all you people that you fucking just complain, fuck off. You don't know what I'm doing then. You obviously can't pay attention. Those are the same people that watch a movie and like, They'll, like, just if there's a little violence and then the, the, that same actor is in another movie that has a shootout, they're like, all they do is, like, shoot them up movies. It's like, why don't you just fucking listen and pay attention? Uh, but if you guys still, comp- if you guys think that I complain, but you get it now and you still listen, I'm, I'm happy. I'm fine. I'm good with it. Here we go. Uh, here's my unacceptable and follow-up from a previous unacceptable. My previous unacceptable was about my mother-in-law living with us and not moving out. I remember this very well, actually. Uh, Adrian, I remember this, Adrian. Yes, moving out when she said she would. And yes, I'm complaining again. Stupid listener. <laughs> Dude, so I took your advice and decided to have a talk with my wife about the situation. Oh boy, imagine if the next sentence was, and now I'm divorced, fuck you, and the Verzi effect. Uh, I let her know how I felt, and that I didn't want any issues to come from the whole ordeal, but I needed to speak up because my son needs a room to start a uh, healthy, uh, needs a room to start a healthy sleeping habit. I told her that since it's her mother, she would have to be the one to address the issue with her. Very smart. She agreed, and we plan on how to have the conversation. 
The weird thing was that my mother-in-law was the one who brought up the discussion, which I thought was awesome, so we had the talk. She let us know that she was looking for places, but um, most apartments were out of her range financially or were located in areas that were not safe for her to live in. Cool. I want to help. Uh, I want her to be able to afford her new spot, and I don't want her living in the ghetto. So we were willing to do whatever we can to help her. She said there is a place she's looking at that may open up in August. We said, okay, if it doesn't work out, uh, then we'll go to plan B, which is to have our two boys share a room, but my oldest son is going to have to step up, which is going to be another obstacle for us. Okay, so the plan was to have her stop paying us rent for the room she's renting from us so that she can save up for a down payment and deposits for her utilities. In fact, I offered to reorganize the garage, which is filled with her shit, so that she would have a place to store all of her uh, classroom items as she is a teacher and is moving to a new school. She usually rents a storage unit, but I figured this would help her uh, save money. Paul, dude, she said, no, that's okay. I'm just going to rent a storage unit. She didn't say that shit when it came to paying the rent, though. She stopped paying that shit. <laughs> Why isn't she taking me up on my offer? What makes it even worse is that the amount of deliveries that came to our door for her from Amazon after she said she didn't have to pay uh, rent was unbelievable. See, that's that's bullshit. She was buying shit like Harry Potter sort of sorting fuck what Harry Potter's sort of fuck hat or her next class and stupid fucking shit that only a child would buy the kicker is she's telling the rest of the family that we're giving her an ultimatum where where the fuck is the ultimatum uh what uh either goes wait what either go through your your plan I'm sorry here you go this is how the sentence starts what either go through with your plan of moving out and uh, and continue staying with us or continue staying with us. How's that an ultimatum? My blood is boiled, kid. Uh, yeah, it, it should boil. It should boil. I'm fucking getting, I'm sitting here, I'm getting pissed off. Uh, people who live off of others and still claim to be an independent person, unfucking acceptable Lock them up in a cardboard box because that's all that they can afford. Cheap fucks. I have more shit to add, but I'm feeling like I'm just nitpicking. Uh, sorry for the length. Thanks for the free podcast, Paul. And take care of yourself, brother. Come back to Phoenix soon. Thanks, uh, Adrian. Well, yes, man. Well, listen, buddy. Thank you so much for the uh, submission and the follow-up. I do remember very clearly, as a matter of fact, the, uh, the submission. I, I, I remember vividly you saying that and the fact that she's playing victim, but also, you know, getting help is ridiculous. Um, and at some point it's like, look, you always want to take care of people that you love, you know, of course you would do that, but stick to the plan and just be honest with it and don't lie. But what really sucks about this is as soon as she stopped paying rent, Amazon deliveries show up to the house. It's like, oh, so when you couldn't really afford shit, you know, but now all of a sudden you're buying stuff. It's like, nah, that's bullshit. I agree with you 100%. And uh, that's cool that your wife was in your corner and on your side because that's key. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's important. So I hope that works out. Thank you so much for the submission. Okay. Here we go. Uh, just two more guys. And I don't think, are they? I, no, they're, they're pretty quick. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Male strippers unacceptable. Uh-oh. Haven't had a male strippers one yet. From Shannon. Shannon Peltier. Is that, I hope I'm saying that right. Peltier. Uh, Shannon says, Hey, Verzi, some coworkers invited me out to this traveling male strippers group that goes through small towns, and like an idiot, I went. Uh, I have only ever been to female strippers before. I used to go a lot. I'm not a lesbian. I just have a lot of guy friends, and I liked it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I always found the most boring part uh, the blanket part where the girl knee, uh, <laughs> knees around uh, on a blanket uh, shooting ping pong balls out of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <I am. laughs> you know. Uh, so male strippers, the whole thing is the blanket thing basically, except they pick you up and do crazy dry humping shit to you uh, in a split second in front of strangers. You have no power to stop it. Once it starts, I had no idea. So at the very beginning, they said they would be coming around with tickets for prizes. The first guy beelines to me. I say, sure, I'll get some tickets for the table. He proceeds to pick me up, throw me on his shoulders, places me on his face and proceeds to pretend to you get it. Oh my God. Anyway, the entire time, like the entire time I kept saying, uh, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Oh, thanks. But no, thank you. Oh, thank you. No, thank you so much. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, thank you. Thank you. so much. No, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. After the whole table was like, are you okay? You look horrified. He threw you around like a rag doll. I could only think of your album and the first time you went <laughs> to the strippers. Uh, right afterward, I thought, oh, man, uh, now that everybody saw that, I am sure no one will buy tickets. Wrong. Turns out he took it easy on me, probably because I kept saying no thank you. There was a lot of weird fucked up shit and also uh, aren't male strippers gay. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have actually, I know some comedians that used to be male strippers and they're straight. Uh, anywho, thought I would educate the female listener listeners here who don't know about male strippers. It's pretty fucked up. Make sure you, uh, you warn your wife if she ever wants to go. My wife's never going to that shit. I mean, I just, I mean, listen, reading your thing really affirms my wife is never going to that shit, but I don't think that's not something that my wife would probably like say yes to, I think, because I think she probably has heard stories like this. Uh, the unacceptable is that I wanted to see more Backstreet Boys dance moves and less uh, whatever the fuck that was. Put me in a <laughs> no thank you cage and close the door forever. Sorry this is long. What are your thoughts on this? Should there be a disclaimer or am I just a weirdo? No, I mean, look, I I feel like, I don't know. I feel like you should have been warned by one of your coworkers or friends because even though you've never went before, I think that some of them have. 
I, I would imagine if some coworkers invited you to a traveling male stripper group or whatever, somebody had to do it before. I don't think that's an out of the blue thing. Um, and yeah, that just scares me because I've talked to guys and I'll be honest and I'm not trying to be gross here. So if there's any children listening to this, please take them away. I just want to set that disclaimer now. If there's any children, if there's any, you know, uh, but I've talked to people that were male strippers that are that that are comedians, friends, and they're straight, but they would say like women would do wild shit, like dicks coming out and women doing stuff to them, you know, and everybody kind of just getting crazy and stuff. And it's like, I don't, you know, so, you know, I don't know. I just look at it like, I, I don't want any, I would want anybody that's a female associated with me doing that shit. And, um, that is kind of funny though, how you were just like, yeah, I'll buy a ticket. And a guy just started throwing, like, it's not, but, it, but you know what too? You're also saying no, like, and I'm not going to make it like a big, I don't think it's a big deal. Like, I think you were kind of like, oh, I didn't know that this was no, you know, and the guy calmed down, but it is kind of weird to see the guy just start picking up a woman like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm being, you know, I don't know that, that seems a little weird. So, um, yeah, my advice to you and my thought would be never go to something like that again. And you should fucking call whoever's idea it was and be like, what the fuck? You knew I was going to get thrown around like that. <laughs> but, uh, I hope you had a good time at least, you know, I hope you had a good time, but yeah, I've heard some weird shit and, and shit definitely goes on. Thank you so much. Um, just, it's just hilarious. The beginning of this is so hilarious how you were like, some coworkers invited me out to this traveling male strippers group that goes through small towns. Uh, and I was, <laughs> and like an idiot, I went. That's fucking hilarious. But thank you so much. Last one, guys. Uh, here we go. Shit in the urinal from uh, Jose. Jesus. Uh, I maybe should have snapped a picture, but I just needed to get this out there. Some animal shit in the Target restroom urinal in Glendale, California. Seriously, what the fuck? The smell was unbearable. <laughs> unacceptable. <laughs> Dude, I just, you know what I think of? I just picture the guy doing it, probably drunk and laughing as he's doing it. Or he's like, you know what? I'm going to fucking send my friend in here. That's probably like there, there was either a bet or something where it's like, dude, we got to just stop at target. We all got to piss and there's no gas stations around the guys on a road trip. All right. I'm making this movie up in my mind. It's two guys on a road trip or three guys on a road trip. And one guy's like, dude, I got to go to the bathroom so bad. And the other guy goes, dude, I'm going to go first and shit in the urinal. And then we'll send him in and see what he says. And we'll laugh about it. Um, thank you so much, everybody for the unacceptables. That was hilarious. Uh, all of them were great as always. And guys, if you want to send your unacceptables to the Verzi Effect podcast, please send them out to unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. That is unacceptables for TVE at gmail.com. Um, okay. Let's see here. Also, oh yeah. Speaking of Twitter, I got verified on Twitter. So I guess I'm I guess as of three o'clock yesterday, I'm a Twitter celebrity, everybody. Um I hope everybody too got their uh, posters and merchandise if you bought it. Um unfortunately I'm gonna have to be taking down the album, I think. So if you wanna because I'm I don't I don't have physical albums anymore and I'm just not buying them, I'm not taking you know, people I'd rather just either sell like download cards or whatever. So, um 
If you want to buy the Verzi Effect album, please. And it's still, you know, I'm not even kidding. And I really appreciate it. The album is still doing great. People are buying it. You could buy it on, uh, obviously, you buy it on iTunes. I believe it's on Amazon. There's a bunch of different places you could buy it. Night at the Stand. Um, and please do. Please go and download it and buy it on there if you have not already. Um, and uh, if you want to send a uh, unacceptable to my Twitter, you could send it to, um, just send it to at Paul Verzi. B-I-R-Z-I, and those would be the quicker ones, but ever since I started doing the email, I feel like the the ones on Twitter got less and less, but here's one from uh, Matt DeLuna, at Matt DeLuna, Uh, and it says, look at this unacceptable parking job at the mall, and and what kind of car is that, what is it, yeah, that's like a fucking, dude, this guy's got like a Hyundai Elantra, probably like a 2004, and he's he's parking in two spots in the mall. Uh like it's a like it's a Porsche. Let's see what else we got here. Let's see what else. What else? Is that it? That might be it. Yeah. Yeah, the other ones are too probably buried. If you guys want to send my uh, your unacceptables to to my Twitter, oh, here's another one. Yeah, wow. I guess it's a part. Scott Clark at all caps C K A C M-A-N, a complete uh, douche-tastic animal parks his little dick truck across two spots and one being for handicap. Yeah, that's a fucked up one. Hashtag unacceptable, hashtag cage him. Yeah, that, that's screwed up because it's like, listen, if you're going to be a dick with your car and park in two spots, don't, you know, don't, don't cover it in a handicap. But I got to tell you something, I'm getting tired of these handicap spots. How many handicap people go to Target? Well, there's probably a lot, so never mind. I, I recant my last statement, Your Honor. Uh, here we go. This one's from Kyle Vas, uh, Vashglot. I hope I got that right. And it's at judo underscore chopper. J-U-D-O underscore chopper. Can't believe you didn't mention Philly as one of... Wait, what was that? Oh, did I do that? Oh, yeah, I did that. That was a while ago. That was a while ago, and you're right. You were right about that. He said, I can't believe you didn't mention Philly in the top five sports markets in the U.S. And it, Philly's up there. I don't know if it's top five, though, Kyle. Top five? You know, that's a good segue. Let's get into sports real quick. That's a good That's a good segue. Um, thank you guys so much. Unacceptables for TVE at Gmail or at Paul Verzi on Twitter. Um, top five sports markets. I mean, I, I, you know, you got to say New York and California are, New York and California are, are, you know, one and two, I think. Not in any order. Boston is in the top five. I mean, they just are. They, I mean, they were title town a couple years ago. Celtics championships, Red Sox championships, Tom Terrific and the Patriots. I mean, you know, the Bruins. So you got to put them in there. And then I think you got to go Chicago because you got the you got the the Bulls championships and you got you know you got the Cubs just winning after a hundred something fucking years you got the you know the you know you got all those you got the Blackhawks winning you got yeah there's so Chicago so there you go New York Los Angeles Boston Chicago and then five ah. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I think Philly could be five, six, or seven, maybe, because you got to go Texas, because Texas has the Cowboys, but then Texas also has San Antonio Spurs, who are like the Patriots of basketball. They, they you know, they're always there. They, they win a lot. 
You know, you got it's it's hard. Texas has got plus Texas has all those. I mean, I don't know. Are we counting college here? If we're not counting college, I don't know, but it's close for sure. It's close for sure. Speaking of sports, like I said, we went to the ball game yesterday. Yanks won again. But this young lineup, I'm like into this, man. I really am. And I can't remember the last time I watched the Yankees and just was like this into it. Like as far as like every, uh, what the fuck? Come on. Is this thing still? All right. I thought something happened with the podcast. I'm like, man, I'm having a good one here. Over an hour, having fun, talking to you guys. I feel attached to the Versi Effect listeners this week for some reason. I just, I think it's because the love I see on the road, man. I got to tell you, the love I see on the road for, from my fans is, is the craziest. You know, um, it's like when I was in Hartford, there were people out there yelling, you know, like not interrupting the show, but like just kind of letting me know. And, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a really amazing, humbling thing to touch people and touch their lives and make somebody um, make somebody's day better and make somebody laugh. And make them enjoy my comedy. And people from all over the country saying, hey man, when's your special? I'm flying there. You know, to have you guys wanting to fly from Indianapolis, from, from Atlanta, you know, and from from, from Canada. You know, it's kind of crazy. And it's humbling. And the fact that uh, you guys show the love and support. So I'm feeling that this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling the, um, you know, I'm just feeling it, you know. Because I feel, you know what I love about my listeners is that they're, they're the anti-shitty person because I don't think if you listen to my podcast, you don't, if you don't like my podcast, then you probably do the unacceptable shit we complain about on here, you know, and, and there's no room for that. So what I love is the people that actually get it are like the same type of person. So like, oh, I totally get it. So that's what I love. And, um, people coming up to me and all that, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, Back to the Yankee game. I don't know. I, I know I went off on there for a second, but I, I just wanted to say that. But um, yeah, it's just like these young players, and you're just watching the, the just a sick lineup, and you're into it. My son is into it now, and he's all so. You know, the Yankees, man, they're three games in first place in June. They have a bunch of rookies. The pitching's doing well. I think they're going to make a run at the playoffs. So it's always fun when Yankee Stadium comes back alive. I know you guys that say, fuck the Yankees. I get it. We spend a lot of money. But now we're kind of doing it the right way. But look, everybody's spending money now. You know, look at the Golden State Warriors. By the way, dude, I called it. Is a dude I called it in order? Now I know what you're going to say. Really, Paul? Dude, you called it. Dude, you called the greatest team, a 73-win team getting Kevin Durant. You called it. No, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying it's a great call. I called it July 5th. Anybody called it July 5th. The day that Kevin Durant signed with Golden State, barring any injury, they were going to win the title. What I'm saying is the people that went at me, and you know who you are, the people that went at me on fucking Facebook, the people that went at me on social media and Twitter going, Cavs in five, watch, this is LeBron's year. You're nuts. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. LeBron's the greatest player in the world, bro. LeBron's better than Jordan. Yeah, really? Well, would Jordan be fucking, would Jordan be not heard from the last four minutes of a game three and go 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 and turn the ball over and shit? Would he do that? No. Would Jordan be down 3-0? Probably not. And I'm going to talk that shit because you know what? Enough. Michael Jordan went to six finals, I believe, right? Six did he go to and won six? Six rings? Come on. Come on. All these guys are doing is piling on shit. And you know what? Anybody saying this is good for basketball, it's not good for basketball. Kevin Durant to the Golden State Warriors is f- 
fucking awful for basketball. It's awful. Okay? They're going to be there the next three years. Okay, barring any... And you know it's a pile-on team. When any, anybody's fucking excuse is, well, you know, they could get injured. Okay, yeah, they can get injured. That's a, that's a legit point. But is that what you're basing it on? Is that what it's come to? You have to go to that? That's like saying, well, Michael Jordan, he's the greatest player in the world. But, you know, I mean, if, if he would have broke his leg, then we would have never... Of course, everybody knows that. That's not part of it. That's not part of it. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. That's like understood. You know, that's like going, yo, man, we're going to this restaurant and we're getting the best steak. This guy is known to make the best steak in the world. You are going to go right now. You are going to sit down and you are going to have a steak that is going to give you a fucking boner. Yes, I used I used an erection word from the 80s. You're going to go there and you're going to have a steak that's going to... Cr- You've never had a steak like that. And then somebody going, yeah, but I mean, if that chef is sick today, you know, if that chef is sick today, you know, you never know what happens. You know, another chef goes in there. Maybe it's not as good. That, that, that doesn't make sense. That goes without saying. Of course. Of course. You know, well, we're going to the amusement park. Well, not if you're tripping, falling away to the car. No shit. Let's talk real, though. Let's not talk fantasy right now. Let's talk real. You know, and the real thing is, period, plain and simple, the real thing is, in this situation, and if Kevin Durant, at his age, stays with Steph Curry, stays with Draymond Green and, and you know... And Thompson, Clay Thompson, or or if one of them leaves, but you know KD and Curry, and then one of those other guys stay together, and you got a coach like Steve Kerr. The bottom line is the NBA is ruined. I mean, listen, you have to wait. You have to wait. It is it is Golden State and the Cavs. They're probably going to go next year, and it sucks. And all these teams that people get excited about, John Wall. You know, oh great, no, I think the Wizards. It's fuck. It's ridiculous. It's terrible for basketball. It sucks. You know, it's just ridiculous. Well, no, you know, the Knicks got Przingis, and then, you know, in five years, no, they're not going to do shit. Knicks aren't going to do shit. Well, I mean, the Celtics, the Celtics, you know, you keep Isaiah Thomas, they're one more piece away. What? They're one more piece away from losing, what, in six games to the Cavs in the finals? Because you know fucking LeBron James is going to go after Carmelo Anthony now. You know they're going to do something. The NBA, as much as I love to watch it, as much as I wished that my beloved Knicks were, were good, as much as I wish that happened, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And Golden State's going for the throw. And even if Golden State loses game five, I mean, the only thing that would be amazing but never happen, I don't think, would be if the Cavs won four in a row. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And and I'm pissed off at all the people that went at me. Hold on a second. You know what I'm going to do? Oh, this is what I'm going to do. And I know what you're going to say, wow, Paul, that might be a little, that might be a little petty. Because, you know, you don't have to do that. That's a little nuts. You know. Is, uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Let's see what these people said to me when I said that. When I said what I said about the Cavs. Okay? Let's see what I... I said something like, I'd be surprised if they won two. So am I going to be a dick? Yeah. I think I'm going to be a little bit of a dick. I would be surprised, I said, if they won two games. And then I said, ah, out of respect, I said, out of respect for uh, Kyrie Irving and the Cleveland Cavaliers, I'll give them two games, out of respect. All right, and they still haven't won a game. All right, so let's see. Come on. 
Did I find? I can't. You know what? I'm not even gonna be able to fucking be do the I told you so, because I can't find it. I can't find it. I'm sorry. Uh, here's what I wrote. Oh yeah. So here, here's a couple. Let, let's see what happens here. I said, these are the worst NBA playoffs of my life. Just boring game after boring game. Too many teams make the playoffs. Some people agreed. Some people said, uh, uh, let's see if anybody said, what did these fucking people say? Yeah. Some people wait for the finals. The finals are going to be, so I'm, I'm, I'm not reading it, but somebody said that, uh, the warrior, I said the Warriors had this locked. I said the Warriors had this locked July 5th. Come on, Paul. Can I find, find I can't find it. I'm sorry. I know I'm boring you with this shit, but I just wanted to read you what some of these people said because they were just, it was just so ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Cavs in six. Cavs in six. LeBron, it's his time. He's gonna, it's like, when, when, what, like, what does that mean? It's his time. Oh, here's what I wrote. Here's what I wrote. Kyrie is so good that I'll give I'll give them six. Golden State in six. By the way, playoff hockey, blah, blah. Somebody said uh, the backtracking has begun. Uh, but if uh, somebody said, uh, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what if Cleveland stomps? What would you say then? I don't think it will, but what if? It's like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Then, then, then the guy from one guy from Cleveland said, you guys are all suckers. And then he said, the Cleveland Cavaliers are so good that they can afford to lose games in order to further their goals. I can't prove it, but the coincidences are amazing. Come back from 3-1 in the finals also. It's just so ridiculous. So anyway, it's just a bunch of people talking a lot of shit and uh, went at me. And now that it's fucking three games to none Golden State, you know, where are those people? That's all I want to know. Where are those people? Yeah, they're quiet. Because they don't have anything to say. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Then I wrote this. Listening to people and reading their posts about what's happening in the finals is hilarious. Oh, Cavs will win at least one game, maybe two, push it to six. Uh, and then, all right, whatever. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, look at me. I'm being petty. I don't know. Donald Trump's in office. He does shit like this, and I'm doing it. I'm like, yeah, he wants to prove it. Ah, fuck it. No, I'm just kidding. It has nothing to do with politics. I don't even know why I said that. Whatever. Um, what else? So that's it. Uh, the Yankees, I'm loving. The finals are done. There's going to be no sports for a while other than baseball, so I'm glad I'm into it. And uh, that's it. Movies. What did I see movie-wise? Movie-wise, I saw Captain Underpants. And it fucking bored me to tears. I fell asleep. Usually I love kids' movies when I take the kids. I bored me to fucking tears. Now, maybe I was exhausted. So I have to do a disclaimer before I give the review. I was exhausted. I was out late the night before. I did not sleep. And I was really, really tired. So, that being said, I uh, I was watching it, watching but it never got really interesting to me. It never was good. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was silly, and uh, I didn't love the story. I fell asleep. I would wait for DVD. I would not go with your kids and spend all that money, and I'm being honest. I would tell you, when I saw Trolls, I loved it. When I saw, you know, Secret Live of Pets, I still would have waited for DVD. Not bad. You know, uh, Minions or, or Despicable Me, those were good. Those were good for the theater. This one, I would wait. Save your money. 
Uh, all right, everybody. This has been the Verzi Effect Podcast. Did almost, what, did an hour, over an hour and 20 minutes with you on this one by the time I wrapped this puppy up and put a bow on it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, again, please check out my sponsors. Chassis, oh my God, premium body powder for men. Men care for down there. You will never be more dry. You will never feel better. Your balls have just started a revolution, folks. Okay? The ball game of men has changed. All Things Comedy, check out their podcast. City Living Dog, check that out. If you have dog issues, if you want to listen to podcasts and albums, go to All Things Comedy. They got some original content coming on there. Um, They're producing my special. I'm so excited about them working with those guys. So there you have it, everybody. Uh, For any shows, go to paulverzi.com. New shows are being added. I'm going to be performing at Patriot Place at the comedy scene. That's right, by Gillette Stadium where the Patriots play. July 28th through the 30th, is it? I believe. 28 and 29 or 28 and 30th. Check it out. The comedy scene. You go to my website. You could go go to the comedy scene in Boston and uh, you will see it there. So I will be going out that way to the Massachusetts area. We're going to go down there to the bar by the car. I didn't park too far. It's just such a fucking ugly, dumb accent. Um, But I will be out there uh, at the end of July. A ton of dates in New York in June as well. And uh, working on some stuff. So hopefully I'll be coming to a city near you before I shoot my special in the middle of August. And uh, that's it, everybody, for for episode 310. I feel like I want to keep going, but I know that I just, I got to do another Patreon for you guys, which I want to do, so there's going to be more content. Check it out. There's one up already today. Uh, This has been episode 310. My name is Paul Verzi. You guys have been amazing. Please send your unacceptables. Please keep listening. Tell a friend to listen. This thing is growing. Check out my sponsors. You guys rule. Uh, Until 311, I will talk to you guys soon. Take care.